2: This is for the passionate Seahawks fans, the ones who care about scheme more than hot takes, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads from the eye in the sky.
0: This is Seattle Overload, with your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon and Ty Dane Gonzalez.
1: Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast where unfortunately the Seattle Seahawks have lost week one at home to the Los Angeles Rams by 30 points to 13. It was a cataclysmic second half for the Seahawks where everything went wrong. Injuries, uh, failures on offense and defense. Very depressing way to lose a game rather than the opposite way. If it started like that and ended in a more positive way, I don't think we'd be this miserable. But we are miserable because... Seattle just completely, completely collapsed. And that second half I mentioned, zero points scored, one first down, 12 total first yards on offense, um, 0.9 offensive yards per play. Gino Smith went three for eight for nine passing yards. And then on the defense, 23 points allowed, 200 passing yards allowed to Matt Stafford at 10 yards per attempt. Uh, Stafford went five for nine on third down and two to. Tutu Atwell, who many people described as a bust, obviously taken around the same area as D'Eskeridge, De had five catches for 108 receiving yards. Seattle also had six penalties for 50 yards in that second half. Uh, the statistics tell some of the story. Obviously, we're going to delve into it deeper, but the fact they led this game 13-6 to at halftime and then lost 30-13 in just that kind of fashion tie is miserable.
0: Terrible miserable i hate it hate it yeah it was uh an awful watch awful football across the board no way to really sugarcoat it i mean there was nothing good about that second half it was one of the worst halves of football we have seen the seahawks play under pete carroll and maybe that's a little bit recent recency biases but there's also some numbers that show that this game was kind of on historic levels of bad for the seahawks under pete carroll uh, i believe the uh what the pressure rate was five percent today which is the worst that they've had in what five years i saw something like that on twitter Mm. um but it's not just that it's not just that uh the the offense obviously didn't do itself any favors you know on the few opportunities that got the ball obviously some injuries that that impacted things there so you know we'll get into all that but uh the only real positive here was the run defense which was actually really good aside from a couple of plays. Um but that's all I got for you. That's really all I got for you. Griff, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling equally bad about it all. Um
2: you know, as always when these things happen, it's you look for you look for the the correlations of can you isolate what went wrong and what and why and do those line up with each other or rather do they correlate with one another? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that you can you know, begin to unpack, well, then how do they go about fixing it and see their process over the course of the season? Um, it, it did seem like they kind of had two distinct – they had poor pass defense on all three downs pretty much, but it, it was mostly on third downs. But what they're doing on third downs, uh, it seemed like anyway, and we'll know more when we watch the tape, was way different than what they were doing on early downs. So – I want to see what the commonalities are for their problems on early downs and then what the commonalities are of their problems on third downs because I suspect they're mostly completely different things going on. Um, And maybe we can unpack that a little bit here. Um, It was good to see that they had consistent and stifling run defense within this, you know, within their nickel too high structure w- while being able to maintain a four down front basically, or a two down front, but you know, even space. Right. Um, I think that is a huge indicator for their in signaling their potential season long. Like that, that was really important. Like they showed that they can, they can have sound structure and perform well and you can, uh, unlike with the past defense, you can isolate, Good structure versus bad structure. And you can even isolate assignment correctness within good structure and still have bad performance just because the talent isn't there. I suspect that with the the pass defense, we're we're not going to see a lot of quote unquote sound structure, at least, or we're not going to see a lot of assignment correctness. And we're also going to see they could probably optimize the pieces they do have a little bit better. I think there's a little bit of a perfect storm going on here. Uh, w- w- with the past defense um because okay. I mean... Th- 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 go ahead well, am I getting too far into that the was Copa very
1: copy we will address that that kind of sh- those positives and i I think <laughs> your overall point though is very important about isolating stuff uh, and that is also what we'll will try and do but we also will need tape but the other bad yeah. news from this game and it kind of felt like the blows kept going coming and coming because left tackle Charles cross left the game on an injury cart. Uh, right tackle abraham lucas also left the game uh, so seattle was down to jake curhan and stone forsyth at both tackle spots for like all the second half right mm-hmm. um, that sucked turns out charles cross only has a well, only has a sprained big toe and the mris looked good abraham lucas has a sore knee but it's a knee that saw seattle play a bit more cautious in uh, training camp so it's clearly a thing he's been dealing with for a while and if it's sore enough for him not to be able to play through it uh, and have that level of discom- discomfort and pete carroll describe it as something where he couldn't fire off the ball well that is a issue uh so jake kern comes in Forsythe comes in as i said tyler lockett also got his bell rung and then sat down looked completely confused uh went into the blue medical tent and then somehow returned into the game, which he, he was independently evaluated, so apparently he, he was able to do that. But he was missing for a large portion of the offense uh, in the second half. And then uh, Boye maffe got banged up, but apparently was fine. And then Uchenna Nwosu also left the game late, and there's no update on him because Pete Carroll wasn't asked about him and didn't cover that topic. But, I mean, talk about those injuries. Uh, Ty, with the offensive line there, The it was pretty obvious that you'd like those guys in there
0: yeah it it showed how important they are to this whole operation um and especially like you know lucas missed the entire second half and when Curran came in i mean Curran was just to be frank with you getting his ass beat by byron young consistently like it was bad bad like really really bad um so yeah i mean like it it's a cause for concern if either of those guys or both of those guys are going to miss an, ex- an extended period of time because this isn't necessarily i mean like they obviously have aaron donald right and aaron donald is the biggest x factor potentially in all of football defensively speaking but this isn't a overall a very talented defense at least you know on paper from a personnel standpoint uh, so to see how badly they were getting worked there in the second half with those guys missing, it it makes you kind of wonder about how things will go against an even better pass rushing unit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you got to kind of hope and pray here that those guys aren't going to be out for too long.
1: Griff, why do you think the offense was so abysmal in the second half? I, obviously, we, we do need tape, and I imagine a large yeah. portion of our podcast is going to cover these kinds of themes when we we do get access to the said tape but i mean the offense had one first down what and they didn't run the ball that often i think they ran the ball three times if you exclude the garbage time carry i just don't understand how they went to complete crap against okay lockett's out but you know jackson smith and jigba we had such high hopes for him This ram secondary going into it we said was a complete lightweight paperweight uh you And yet, Seattle with DK Metcalf and Jeter, as I said, will this is looking good in the first half. Just does nothing.
2: They were they were just getting beat up by the Rams secondary. They were losing their matchups, mm-hmm. um, and is and you know it's. I think it's as simple as that. Um, Waldron was trying some stuff out. Where I mean, he was doing a lot of different personnel groupings. I think he's trying to plant his seeds season long. Um, I still think you expect a better execution within. I wouldn't call it getting too cute, but he's he's putting out uh, multiplicity there. Um, I don't know. Is this something we expect to sustain? DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba getting locked up? Tyler Lockett getting locked up when he's out there? I, I, I don't think so. Um, it's a really unfortunate that it happened. You can't undo a week one loss, but I, I'm more concerned about the tackle health. Yeah. Um, and Walt Waldron, Waldron has shown week to week adjustments. Um, he's shown in game adjustments as well, but that clearly didn't happen this week, but he's responded. He, I mean, what he does is he isolates what went well and just does more of it the next week. So there'll probably be something in their process that was workable and we'll see more of that and more growth out of that. Uh, the, the week two Rams game there or the week two 49ers game last year. We did not go well offensively, but if you were to isolate it, it was pistol drop back, like pure drop back. And the, the, what did we see the next week? More pistol drop back against the Falcons, and then that opened up more things that could shift in the gun and do other things, etc. Um, so I, I I believe that you know he, he's gonna risk, they'll be fine next week, um, at least
0: better. But I do worry about the, the tackle health, yeah. Yeah, like it just was, looked like Gino was very uncomfortable a lot of the times. <laughs>
1: It felt like he used up all of the good stuff in the 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 first half. They they seemed completely clueless of how to move the ball. But to your point about how they were getting owned, uh Griff, it kind of is reflected in uh DK Metcalf saying they played harder than us. Um, and. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and maybe it, maybe it's as simple as that because the the this Rams team was uh was doubted like you saw what the spread was everyone picked the Seahawks kind of us against the world we have nothing to lose minus et five
1: and a half favorites the Seahawks were yeah
2: mm-hmm. um so it's just they they absolutely played more spirited um the only part of the team on uh, on either side of the ball that played really hard was really the de- the defensive line against the run I mean they came to play in in that in that area of the game.
1: Um, Yeah. So that's uh, the, uh, again, we need the tape, but there's not much more to say about the offense. Like they, they basically didn't do anything. And the result of that is in the second half. And the result of that is Seattle being, (laughs) they had 50 plays total, whereas the Rams had 80 plays. So lots of tape for us to watch. Um, That's, absolutely insane. So, the defense uh, was really poor uh, at getting off the field. Uh, Pete Carroll said it. He said it was a third down disaster for us. Uh, we didn't get off the darn field, he said. They went 11 for 17 on third down, which, you know, you, there's many different third downs. and many different ways of exploring that. But, um the the real key to that is that a lot of those third downs were passing downs um for instance third and four they gave up a seven yard pass third and four tendency changer from the rams gap run against dime personnel they got nine yards third and ten seattle gave up ten yard pass third and four twelve yard pass third and ten eleven yard pass third and four five yard pass third and eight 44 yard pass 3rd and 11, 5 yards pass f- mm-hmm. from illegal use of hands, and then 3rd and 8, 21-yard pass. So that's not all of those 11 for 17. There were a few short yardage ones, but that's 9 of the 17 plays are clear passing downs. Seattle isn't uh, gearing up to stop the run. They're play- trying to play coverage. They're trying to get some rush going, but their pass rush was abysmal, and their coverage was abysmal, and when both those things happen... You're not going to do very well, and they just didn't do a good enough job of it either, as Pete Carroll admitted. He felt they needed to heat him up more and generate it a bit more, and that he might have misjudged that. But um, I, don't,
2: I don't. Honestly, I don't know about that.
1: I didn't know about that watching it either. It looked like they were trying to, and that was a part of the problem Like and, they weren't and, getting there. And... and
2: they didn't have whole players underneath, like interior players, right? Anything
1: right and then they couldn't play man on the outside with the way that the rams manipulated their uh man with trips bunch stuff but again we need we need the tape for that but yeah uh ty uh, do you have anything more to add in the third down stuff because it was just so bad
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you know just overall what they were able to do what mcveigh was able to do um with the passing game um beat their ass in all three levels of the passing game, right? They were beating them underneath. They were beating them in the middle of the field. They were beating them downfield, which would have even looked worse had Van Jefferson reeled in that catch where he was probably scoring. Yeah, um, yeah it was just... It was awful. <laughs> it was the, uh, awful. Yo, go ahead, Ty. Go ahead, and finish. Well, uh, well, no, and uh, I was just going to say real quick here, like the, the stuff over the middle, I think, highlights a, a very big issue that we've talked about over the course of the offseason and i think you guys could probably um contextualize mm-hmm. a little bit better than i could so i don't know if you guys you know want to talk about that Griff. if you want to talk about that a little bit yeah i mean the elephant in the room kind of seems like bobby
2: but um so the th- this is where the early down pass defense problems versus the third down pass defense problems kind of like is a fork in the road. I think when they go into third downs or they're, they're playing a lot of cover one, right? Primarily. Um,
1: That's what it looked like.
2: That's what it looked like. And, and they but, just
1: destroyed it.
2: So, but why go into cover one? Like what's the subtext there? One, your strength on paper is your DB room, but part of one, just because you have a lot of depth there, but also it's what you don't have a linebacker. Because Bobby can't turn it around with stuff, so now you're playing things, you're playing a whole different coverage scheme on third down. When last year, you're playing rush four, cover three. Now, granted, you're playing match cover three, it's still one high, you're playing aggressively, but because it's their zone principles, everyone you can kind of disperse responsibility amongst each other. Um, th- this year. Th- th- A lot of the same players are just busting things like busting pass offs, how to read certain stems at a bunch of stacks, formations and stuff. When last year in cover three, they didn't have that problem. Like I don't don't know what people's view of the Seahawks baseline is in coverage, but we have to remember last year they were the best team in rush four, cover three. That's not just from, from my week six crap. That's the whole season. So... The downstream effect of having Bobby out there is that you don't think you can play rush four cover three right now the same way you well, did last year because you don't have the hook play, and now you're forced to lean on your your DB depth. Now they absolutely need to get better in the dime package and they will. There's there's too much talent. I mean, so again going back to the baseline thing, on t- any target over ten yards last year, they're also like the fourth best defense. That's also the whole season. So, th- th- this is not going to, I mean, unless they're funded, unless Quandre Diggs is just bad now, unless Tariq Woolen is just is regressed. He wasn't bad, but unless he's regressed, unless Trey Brown, who I would like to have been better, and maybe that's just he isn't as good as we wanted to be, but he did beat up Michael Jackson fair and square in camp, and Jackson proved to be serviceable last year. If they're just inherently worse, then okay. But let's not act like this is something that they're supposed to be like yeah. Julian love. Everyone agreed was a marginal upgrade on Ryan Neal. He had a horrible game. Do we Awful. think that's going to continue? Is it realistic that it continues? Yeah. Um, so, so,
1: One thing to mention, um, and I know that there is like a perception that Seattle was playing a lot of zone, and Pete Carroll mentioned that he felt they were in a lot of zone. So I, I, while we saw man coverage get worked, I, you know, without the tape, without looking back over it, I'd say probably half these third downs were they were in like middle field open zone. But that also brings up the point, and it's it's easy to scapegoat Bobby Wagner, and I, I don't think we should necessarily do that. But when Seattle's in middle field open zone, the but Wagner is only able to do so much and as we saw the Rams last year that those limitations um you know he can do that little assignment the the kind of less difficult assignment well but the limitations that creates for everyone else because you have less coverage options you have less tools to use uh is magnified like it becomes a thing um yeah. now I, I did think they, they actually ran like pure uh co- cover two of Wagner dropping into the deep pie hole but again that's like a I, I don't know. We we need to watch it back, but there are there are two factors to to the Bobby Wagner thing. One, you don't really want to watch uh, run too much cover three. Like there was a play where it wasn't a, one of these third downs, but he was in the weak hook for the boot, and we saw um, Jordan Brooks play a brilliant weak hook um, earlier in the game against two Atwell. Oh. Uh, and and Bobby just can't do the weak hook stuff, and his just uh, agility, ability to break all the stuff we've said. He can't move like he can, used to and it it will limit certain things in coverage which begs the question one if he was wearing the green dot in this game and i need to go over to the um pictures but if he was wearing the green dot in this game that's a silly decision because he he shouldn't be on the field every single down the yeah. guy who should be on the field every single down is jordan brooks and i know he's just come off an acl injury incredible, i think that's uh, that's all it is right now incredible yeah. recovery and they said they were resting him but moving forward, if he if he can go 100% of the snaps, Jordan Brooks. If not, Julian Love, because he'll be on the field every snap. Because mm-hmm. Brooks has the movement skills. And, and you had plays out there, some of these third downs, and again, we need to look over it. But there were plays out on the field where Jordan Brooks left the field and it was Bobby Wagner and Devin Bush. Yeah. And then you had Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks. Your two best coverage linebackers are Jordan Brooks and Devin Bush. Facts. Absolute facts. So... Yep. I'm sorry, but it's really nice Bobby Wagner's back in Seattle and he made some good plays against the run, downhill, north south type of stuff. Made some tackles. But he cannot be relied upon they were to, to get he, he limits your coverage in a way that isn't isn't um isn't good. Now you can blitz him, but uh, I mean the pass rush is a separate issue and I'd like to talk about that too, but Griff.
2: Yeah yeah, I mean it's really important to emphasize that they were they were bad in ways they have not been bad in two years. Um, and again, I'll, I, I don't, I don't know how people compartmentalize the first five weeks of each, the past two seasons prior to the prior to this year. Um, and, and week ones are wacky, like week one, 2021 against the Colts, they did very well and absolutely nothing that happened in that Colts game translated to the, yeah. to the following three, four games. Um, nothing. And then honestly, I felt the same way about the, the Denver game. I don't, I think their process was pretty good in the Denver game minus their run defense, but then the things that were good didn't translate at all, but then they showed back up again uh, around that middle month and sustained a lot of it sustained later on. So, but even when they were bad, like they weren't giving up all this yardage at the second and third level, especially at the third level. And yeah. also this game, like the the checkdown wasn't really a feature. Um, well, I much. think it was a part- quick game, but they, well, they're, they're, the check down wasn't hurting them. In part because when you defend the second and third level well, the ball goes to the underneath. And then Jordan Brooks gets dinged for giving a target when he's doing his job. He's like getting punished for doing his job well.
1: I agree. But in this case,
2: it was the inverse, but Brooks wasn't on the field. It was Bobby's zone. And then even if it's, sorry, Matt, I know you're going to say something really quick. Even if Bobby's technically not at fault for it, the fact that they're not putting him in a position where it's his job to do that is stressing the scheme. As you said, like they're playing quarters when there's absolutely no underneath defender effectively. Julian Love t- to defend Julian a little bit. He can't nail down on a on an eight yard dig route when normally it should break at 12, but the the receiver is just looking in. He's like, Oh, I'm wide open because there's no one underneath me at all. He can't break on that from twenty-two yards. It's just stupid. Um I so they have, they have to figure out their their quarters and their, and their cover two structure. Um,
1: yeah, and I agree with your point on the check down, but I think the other part of that is the ball gets checked down quicker if you are pass rushing well, right? Because there's less time to access the deeper downfield stuff. But the pass rush um, in this game, you know, I've already kind of mentioned it. They had two quarterback hits on 38 Stafford dropbacks they could not rush the pot it was non-existent even adding pressure on they very rarely got pressure five percent pressure rate as ty mentioned at the start of the the pod but it it was abysmal it was, it was i just i don't understand how you know draymond jones is the big free agent signing he's there to play the the interior and rush from the inside uh, jaren reed obviously is reliable at setting up picks and is like a a hard-working dude, Mario Edwards, Pete Carroll was excited for on the inside. On the outside, you're supposed to be four deep, Uchenna Nwosu, Daryl Taylor, who missed a lot of the preseason, Um uh, Boye Maffei, who, who did get a bit kind of uh, banged up, I suppose, and then Derek Hall. And I, I know Derek Hall coming back from a shoulder injury too. And I know they have to work out their chemistry and how they rush together and the pass rush lanes and run defense clearly been an emphasis this offseason. But, Ty, the... The pass rush, like, was there a single good like rep? I, I mean, there was no one too, but
0: I mean, like, yeah, the the you know whatever made up the five percent of the pressure is sure <laughs> fine, but yeah, overall and well, and 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 the thing is too, right? It wasn't that they were getting beaten quick game, right? especially on the third downs. It was twelve to fifteen yard, you know, digs and crossers that they're getting beat on. Like Stafford's sitting in there for a good amount of time. Like you should have time to get into the backfield there and and caused some issues for him and they just weren't at all and this is a this is an offensive line that is young um that definitely has talent but isn't supposed to be a you know a world beater of a unit there so you should have some success there on paper and they just like again i mean this was the worst pressure rate they've had in Five years or however long it's been like that's yeah. that's bad, bad at home like the, when at, at home, home when too.
1: you're gonna have the crowd noise and people have said that the crowd was loud today. Obviously, the crowd noise helps out with um seeing where they're setting their slide to and their protection, the pass protections too so you know where you've got your one on ones. But um, abysmal. Um, I, I uh, also
2: wonder, go ahead.
1: Well, no, go ahead in the pass rush, Griff.
2: Well, really quick, I, it didn't seem like they were running a bunch of games or twists, which led to the the interior guards and really the tackles to be able to sit on speed speed rushes pretty much because they just knew the same thing was coming. That also meant the running back knows where he's going to chip. If you if you mm. mix it up a little bit, you you keep the running back home more often, and then and then that allows that opens up the outside because Noel Sue and Taylor had some well forming outside rushes that then got chipped on on the on the outside so i don't like they didn't mix anything up with the four-man rush game plan they they showed pressure and would would drop out of it occasionally they had the they had the five-man pressure stuff here and there which didn't really work um but i I just don't understand why they were so static up front because they weren't in preseason.
1: right and well but they were there were a few games but right you'd expect them to have happened more often um Mm -hmm. And then the other thing as well is, and they were like this in the preseason, but they were very vanilla in the fronts they presented the Rams with. Like, it like was over, it was then spread with the 2 3 techniques, and then there was like one or two snaps of double A gap with both linebackers mugged in the open A gaps. But like, there was no overload line, there was no like five down look. Uh, Which... I, they sent a creeper or two, but like, there wasn't odd front stuff where you know you're getting big on big and and then rushing four or five and 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 they were very very vanilla with their passing down package which is part of it and you know which
2: is weird considering how many third and longs they had too
1: well i guess they just didn't have it in the game plan like they clearly didn't focus on it and they've been completely exposed completely exposed um
2: yeah yeah see but (laughs) I I think that a huge, I don't know how much, but a huge percentage of it is the good old classic self-inflicted wounds. It's within their power to fix that. They always do. Hopefully, Hopefully, these were issues that materialized that they weren't showing in practice ever. They weren't showing in preseason. They definitely weren't showing in preseason. Hopefully, they bounce back to whatever their true baseline is week two. Um, And then they can at least take care of the stuff that is so easy not to make mistakes on. And then from there, they can attack, like do some real self-scouting on the issues with their structure, like what to do with the middle hook play in too high structure with Bobby. Um, And then decide if they want to be a dime man team, if they want to be more of a a drop seven zone team on third and logs, and just be aggressive via your dime players as opposed to the actual coverage call. Well, um,
1: McVeigh showed the whole damn league how to destroy Seattle's man coverage. Like, the way he was shi- uh, motioning or shifting into that those trips bunches and just getting picks yeah. constantly, it was awful. Like, it was like Seattle, what I don't understand is if you're planning to run man at, like, you know, say we're saying it's 50%, right? And as I've said, we'll sure. delve into that. If you're planning to run it at that higher rate, how do you come out that badly prepared for trips bunch? Like... You yeah. have to be more clear on your on the chemistry between the players. And part of that is they haven't played together in the preseason. But surely, like, the execution level is just yeah. an absolute stinker. And yeah. part of it was th- these guys, like, the back five slash six had – most of them had very, very poor games. And uh, yeah. Reek Willem, fairly quiet, but, you know, he did give up a slant and he did get toasted by uh, Puka and Nakua. Uh, but, you know, the rest of them is just very uncharacteristic, poor stuff, which we've – We've kind of uh, talked about, but do, yeah. do we yeah.
0: think that that Trey actually got benched, or was that just we want to rotate Mike Jackson no. here? No, I, I don't think, that think he was got benched. Pre-plan. Like P- yeah. when
1: Pete Carroll said Mike Jackson was going to play, you know, he meant it. um And Trey Brown, that missed tackle was very disappointing. Like yeah. you know, Kobe Bryant's disguising on the this is the first touchdown play in the first half. Not even talking about the abysmal second half, but like. I've really felt Seattle could have, uh, you know, held them to a field goal there. Yep. You know, tough, tough stuff. But they just gave them that. Uh, Kobe Bryant trying to disguise, trying to get the uh, uh, pass protection to slide to him or be man on man on hit uh, across the board because of him faking as a blitzer. He jumps out, goes for the undercut, misses the ball on his uh, route that he's supposed to be covering in his zone. Fine. Trey Brown's got to make the tackle, and he doesn't make the tackle. Yeah, and he's then trying he to tackle on third, third and like two from the goal or third and one. So, like, yeah. What on earth? Well, and um, then
0: then that wasn't the only time, right? That that Trey kind of gave them a prime opportunity to score. There, he also had the legal hands to the face. That set up. Yeah, the, and, uh,
1: I mean it's tough because he's a kind of a shorter dude, and you're trying to jam physically, and 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 when you're jamming your body, he was using a quick jam technique. You were striking up with your your, um, thumbs up into the chest to be powerful and then coming back to balance. And when he tried to reset and connect again, he he was just too high with it. And and it was hands to the face. Very, you know, perfect goal. Third and 11. They get
0: the stop. Yeah. Yeah, because that's still a one possession game at that point with, what, seven minutes
1: left, I think. The, yeah, the, I mean, the offense was a sham, but yeah, you, you're right. That was yeah. a killer, absolute killer. So, Griff, your favorite part here, buddy. It's your opportunity now. Oh? What? You can you can do a bit of coping.
2: Well, I, I mean, I've coped enough in here already. Um, I, I think so.
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
2: I, I do think it's actually monumental that they had good run defense in the same structure that they were abysmal in last year, just via the the tweaks of of interior techniques from the defensive lineman, as Maddie that you were on for the jump, and then just taking the weak safety out of the fit and inserting the nickel. They show that they can maintain their too high structure and defend the run in it. And that is huge because I think the pass defense will will catch up. I mean, I just do. Like I'm almost certain of that. I don't I don't know what their peak will be. I don't know what they'll sustain, but I think that they'll have above average pass defense once they get there. Um and they're, they're showing that they're not like, they're not folding, completely folding against the run and taking themselves completely and utterly out of the game. And this is even before we get back to the, before we even talk about the coming additions of Jamal Adams and Devin Witherspoon. Uh, yeah. So before
1: like, that, Griff, run defense. Seattle to the Rams running backs gave up 2.2 yards per carry on 37 rushing attempts okay you're probably like oh but that final drive they knew they were running the ball they were playing for the run etc etc okay fine we'll remove the final drive and seattle gave up 2.6 yards per carry so really really impressive and i want it's so important to emphasize that the third downs like as we've just gone through nine of 17 third downs with the other two being like goal line reps uh or I think one was from the seven and in, which is disappointing, but the other was third and one from the goal line. Nine of those 17 third downs they gave up were clear passing downs, so third and four plus. They were in uh, a pass first mode, and it had nothing mm. to do with the scheme that they're using to stop the run, really. Right. Um, mm. The way they stopped the run is sound and it will continue, and it didn't hurt their coverage in a way right. that, you know, is how the Seahawks defence just got absolutely carved up, has absolutely yeah. nothing to do with it. So the a real positive from this game is that not only did the run defense continue from the preseason, uh, against a first string team because the Rams had their first string running back, an offensive line that Nate Tice told us on Friday, was it? Um, that was more impressive than like, you know, he, he liked it. Uh not only did they continue from the preseason, they were better. Um they they were really really solid against the run um, and like Drift said from not just playing cover three and like exposing Bobby Wagner um, they were playing middlefield open stuff like there was a play where Stafford tried to get it out to an intermediate uh, route where you saw the core to safety Julian Love nail down on the the over route because they're playing a middle field open stuff their run defense is hopefully real. Uh, Honestly, what um, what kills run defense the most when you've actually got the sound structure where you've got the one technique up front, like Griff uh, alluded to, uh, when you're involving the nickel and the fit and just doing things smarter in general. What kills it is people just checking out. Um, and <laughs> it's weak. Yeah. So I don't think people are going to check out. Let's relax. But tight run defense wise it looked good right that's what what you say
0: yeah no it it did look really good um yeah that was that was very impressive and that's honestly what makes this whole situation even more disappointing is how good the run defense looked because i mean that that on that front was a was a game plan that's going to win you some some games or at least in theory so um yeah, individually speaking, I thought you know a lot of guys really contributed on that front too. I thought Boye Mafe had a great game defending the run. I thought uh, Chenanuwusu had a really good game defending the run. Uh, Mike Morris, Jaron Reed, I think they both ha- uh, had really strong games defending the run as well. Um, so there's a lot to to build upon there. Uh, and this is obviously this you know this was a um, a, a run game that uh, did some damage against them in Week 18 last year too, with arguably worse talent uh Mm -hmm. so the fact that they were able to uh you know to go up against these guys again and and do what they do i i I think that definitely should not go unnoticed i know you know a lot of uh, emotions are running very high right now and um you know it's overall just a terrible terrible loss but uh this is the one right spot to take away and and you're gonna need it you're gonna need it against you know a team like detroit which is going to run the ball at you a lot and and in a lot of different ways too
1: i love how you you mentioned like it you know it's frustrating because seattle is literally stopping the run they're earning the right to rush the bar so they're getting in clear passing for downs they're doing the model that's the fuck. you know that's the vision
2: yeah <laughs> right almost... they, i mean and, they, and yet,
1: they didn't get off the field
2: yeah they 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 went and signed an 18 million dollar per year three tech they drafted uh they have two early second round draft picks to to buttress Uchenna Nawosu and Daryl Taylor, who was, who was shown flash. It's gonna catch up it has to normalize like a lot yeah. of averages so, it has to but um, that, that doesn't take away from the fact that you still have a loss week one yeah. Um, yeah but I don't I don't think this has to project forward though. Okay. As bad as this was, it doesn't have to translate forward. And, um, and Karsten,
1: Karsten is right here when uh, they say, while I hear you all on how they're unrelated, referring to run defense versus like the, the passing third down stuff, it's so frustrating that they seem to only be competent against one or the other at a time of th- over the last four years. I mean, yeah, the, the defense has been very imperfect over the last four years uh, in a way that we f- as nerds find interesting but there's always a weakness that they have to improve and that well, is there, really really annoying
2: the, there has been some overlap it's occurred in weeks 6 through 10 two years in a row for whatever reason <laughs>
1: oh, so we um, so don't watch the Seahawks defense until week 6 Griffin and, and
2: weeks 8 through 18 in, in 2020 i mean okay, so, like once they get good they're good
1: okay mr right. mr week mr week yeah. um here's a question is it not going to take until week six or week eight? Because, in fact, Griff, yeah. as you uh, mentioned earlier, Devon with spoon, Seahawks number five overall selection, um, and also Jamal Adams are due to return to this defense. And Kobe Bryant, uh, Pete Howard did tell me he could be uh, one of the best nickels in the league. Uh, it was a rough game for him. Devin Witherspoon presumably is going to be playing a lot of that nickel spot. And obviously Jamal Adams can be like a big nickel. You can blitz him and the dying possibilities are excellent. So is it not going to take till week six? Is it fixed when these guys come back, Griff?
2: I think that I think that they play respectably against the Lions next year in Jericho. That that's my prediction. The, the U turn is starting now.
1: <laughs> Ty, are you deluded?
0: yeah why not i have no other choice but to be at this point <laughs> it's been a rough week for me sports wise so i'm just yeah. I'm, I'm i'm going full into the cope i that i have, have to Mariners. yeah uh yeah we'll see <laughs> i love <laughs>
1: uh, fats makes yeah. a good point it turns out healthy matt stafford is good at football guys if you I may have forgot that that's, that's absolutely true too. right friend of the show fats that was um, a huge yeah uh... he's hella good at football and the problem with this game was because he wasn't getting pressured on those third downs uh but also because the coverage wasn't quite tight enough like goes hand in hand right as Pete carroll himself said afterwards he just throws it to a spot and it's so damn accurate and uh, other than the, the the two misses right well one was a drop one was a miss that like it's very hard to defend um but they, you know, in, in coverage, maybe they were a bit too obvious in third and four. Maybe they could have disguised their coverage a bit more. But I, I don't think that's to do with, um, again, like uh, to repeat a point, that's not to do with defending the run. That's just a bad emphasis and the fact they just didn't cover it enough. They did. They were arrogant or they took it for granted. And the Rams just beat them. And and Sean McVeigh has Pete Carroll's number. Like he 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 owns him, absolutely owns. What what is uh. Pete
0: Carroll's record against Sean McVay. Last year, he went 2-0 against him, but obviously the Rams weren't playing at full strength. Both no, that's
1: games. fine. We're, we're stat padding. We're, yeah, he needs we're, that. We're, we're, he well, definitely I mean, needs that.
2: Isn't that, you know, like, oh, Sean can't build a roster critique that Carroll gets? It's just there the flip go. side of that coin. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, here, I'll try. W- what, what year did, what year did uh, McVay take over? Uh, 17. Okay.
1: So, six years of terror. Um, while you're looking that up, Ty Blake says, "Watch the pass rush come back next week, and they take a step back on the run defense. Seems like that's what always happens. You get this straightened out, another thing starts to lack." Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I hear you, Blake. Yeah, I would theoretically... be surprised
2: theoretically they're 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 scheming at the second level where that's not supposed to happen that's what i think supposed to be able to coexist so yeah
1: because it's more about like the technique changes up front are great but it's more about how that impacts the second level and how the second level is playing to fit the run right griff
2: yeah yeah so i mean the, the whole reason why they're 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 made those changes at the second level so that they can stay in this front so that they can defend the run from a front that's meant to rush the passer so if they're not getting pressure they just don't have the talent. I think Draymond Jones when I went and watched him I thought he was a little overrated but we still think he's a good player. He was but a good player I, last year. He's better I, than I, this. Uchenna I, is better than this.
1: But I do agree that he he was over a, I didn't I expected a bit more of him as a pass rusher, right? When I watched the tape yeah, back, I same, was like, "Not, same. not in this game." By the way, like when I watched his Denver tape back, I was like, "Ah, oh, he's he's all right. Like he's he's interesting as a pass rusher, but I didn't. He wasn't one of the top eight, guys. But then he's not he didn't get paid like one dollar. of the top guys, so
2: yeah, yeah. Um, he just
1: brings a bit of added juice on the interior, uh, which they, they needed, I guess. Anyway, honestly, time. all right,
2: w- 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 it's week one. Do we think Bengals fans think their Super Bowl hopes hopes are over?" No, I, 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 was,
0: I was gonna say that i, was, like, gonna say that I, was, I was gonna say that though i was gonna say that, that as well stop
1: coping yeah. be miserable <laughs> but I watched I watched, be I watched I watched a lot of football fun right. i watched yeah, a lot of ahead, football
0: time. today i watched a lot of football today and there was a lot of bad football that was played by good so bad trash
2: yeah and and sure, like there are wild card variables divisional opponent uh week one wackiness but you can just as easily say well why doesn't that favor us why can't it favor us this time well it favored us last nobody thought the seahawks were supposed to beat the broncos last week one last year nobody i mean the seahawks dominated the colts offense in week one and nobody thought the seahawks defense would be good and sure enough it was bad but the point is week one doesn't always translate to week two Uh um it's there are it's just you don't always know what you're getting into. That does not mean that I would not be embracing a good performance. Had they played well, I absolutely would have. But
1: Okay. <clears throat> so to that point, Griff, did you know that the 2014 Seattle Seahawks won their home opener against the Green Bay Packers, but then lost to the San Diego Superchargers and Phil That's Rivers? Right. And I that in 2015, that Seattle started the year 0-2. They
0: did cam chancellor hold yeah you know. are you telling did you me also you know the that the, the Kansas city
1: chiefs this year lost uh in week one and they won the super bowl last year
0: i did i did.
2: did i'm just saying yeah. i'm just saying professional cynics don't be hasty that's right that's right
1: but that griff that's the job that they're, they're paid to be cynics like that they're, they're meant to be hasty it's no, okay to
2: it's it's okay to it's okay to do whatever. I don't fucking care. But it's okay no, no, to no. like not like what happened. I'm very upset about what happened week one.
0: Yeah. No, guys. That, that fire not... Scott Service and Jerry Depoto.
1: <laughs> well, I've been having lots of uh, tweets telling me that I personally should fire Pete Carroll. Right. Yeah. You should. You should. I, I you could. Should take over. <laughs> I <Yeah>. definitely could.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you take Understood. over. I'll be the um, new DC. Right? Hi, did did I'm, you get I'm, the Sean McVay records? Uh, yeah. It. Uh, shout out to. Hold on. Shout out to Connor. Uh, yeah, McVay is nine and five.
1: Oh. Yeah. Is that is that right? Is that not a projection of what he thinks our record will be? No. If no, they no. if they was, abandoned yeah, uh, no, two I, games because I ver- the run defense was so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I verified the info. It is uh, nine and five.
1: I okay. Okay. okay okay wonderful uh f- well fats this is the thing this is perfect now i will yep. be a cleanly shaven baby-faced boy and right. uh yeah the seals uh, then they lost so the the, the thing that chat needs to know is If the Seahawks win, I won't shave. But if the Seahawks lose, I shave. And so Mm. we're shaving. Obviously, I've grown so much facial hair. Um...
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, all the way to the We Just Hit a Million Orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
1: Chat, do you have any other questions? Because we have a a marvelous amount of viewers. It's it's late. Oh, wow.
0: I didn't realize how many viewers we had. What's up, guys?
1: If you haven't already, please do like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment down below. Um... If there's a topic we haven't covered properly, then we should cover it properly. This is the opportunity. Um,
2: I don't know how we beat this to death.
1: Well, Griff, you had a bit more context right. on week we, we, one we, randomness we, and divisional we, we, random, we, we, other than just Seahawk specific. So go on. Cope a bit I'm, more. You want to.
2: I mean, it, it always matters how you got there. But like, are, are, are the Bengals done now? Is it? Is it? Is it? Fire Zach Taylor. Is it move yeah, on? Yeah, it's Joe, Joe over. It's just.
1: It's Joe over. Um,
2: mm. yeah. I, it, week one, man.
1: I'm a and, witness to Joe over.
2: For over. Um, yeah. I'm. I. I really want to get to the table, honestly. Um, OD Death Metal. I don't think that. I mean, their issues was when they were doing the opposite of Zone stuff. But I, I think, I think Soft Zone. I mean, the, that's. We have to put a qualifier on what "soft" even means. To me, when you're giving up a bunch of checkdowns with the bat, okay, when you're giving up a bunch of checkdowns and you're playing zone coverage, to me, that's that is a downstream effect of having aggressive zone coverage because you are not letting them hit you over the middle. To me, what they did this week was the opposite of that. They're hugging the checkdown, and now they're soft over the middle. To me, that's not playing aggressive. That's not trying to meet them head on. At where the where the um, But the the, the meat of the concept is so but if you want to defend the check down and be a zone match team you need to have a pass rush it's not it's not the rules of the coverage per se it's it's how what what is the proximity of the check down player relative to the zone defenders that are nearby
1: the the conventional wisdom is that them hugging the check down conventionally that is aggressive coverage right
2: i mean th- th- that's in what like, an, spot in drop like a is,
1: media demo media now
2: well I, I i'm not i'm not sure because i don't know how people perceive this because because people will deride zones oh it's just spot drop okay but spot drop allows you to leverage the the check down more if you're turning and running now you're a match zone team you have more players downfield therefore less players to leverage the check down so like last year, people kept saying the Seahawks soft zone. No, they're an aggressive zone match team. Aggressive, not soft. The antithesis is soft. This was what they're doing with Bobby Wagner, where they don't have him do anything but just sit at the line of scrimmage. They gave up like two targets to running backs. Uh, they they move the ball a little bit of quick game on the corners primarily. They, but th- th- that's, what, that's what spot dropping and, and not, not activating your underneath players does. It allows you to prevent those targets and then you go get the balls thrown over you. And then the safeties are given impossible tasks to drive down on. So it's just it's all semantics basically. But w- what I say is go look for absolutely any defense that is elite. 90% of them are zone teams, and 80% of those teams have a top 10 pass rush. Yeah. It's it's impossible to make any zone team not look quote unquote soft without a good four man rush pass rush absolutely matters and they've been committing resources to it we can't say they aren't committing resources anymore
1: um, so so is the solution then uh, in future weeks uh, a slightly uh, more varied upfront approach in terms of games mm-hmm. maybe an extra front or two um and then you know players actually playing better which helps up front and then coverage-wise, on the back end, maybe slightly more of an attempt to disguise stuff.
2: Yeah, and and clean up your rules, and then and then you can really judge the talent, like yeah, what their Which again coverage. is a
1: just terrible execution thing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so questions. Uh, here we go. Based on what you've seen of Trey Brown and Mike Jack and Kobe Bryant today and the previous years, of how much of a liability are they to the team? Even though I know the linebackers gave up a lot of yards as well from Blake and No Bro. Love that. Is that solidarity? They're a No Bro, not a Bo Bro. Oh. (laughs) How can Witherspoon and Adams help this defense? Someone screen that for me, please. That's kind of uh, related, isn't it? So would you rather blitz kobe bryant or jamal adams would you rather have jamal adams or kobe bryant playing against the run because they'll play in the same spot um would you rather blitz a Ake- uh, keller with i keep doing that it's because dk knocks him on his ass today which are oh, we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about the penalties we should talk about that um yeah devon Witherspoon. uh Devin Witherspoon, you'd prefer him to blitz over Kobe Bryant. Devin Witherspoon, you would um, prefer him to play the run to Kobe Bryant as well, really. Um, So essentially, both those guys are going to play on the inside, and Kobe had a tough game matching up in man with dudes, and it's kind of that. Uh, And then Mike Jack, Witherspoon's been brought in to be this ultra-competitor who can lock down the left side when it's base. No, Mike Jack may still play but you know, I don't it, think he will. I think really the, the peak of this defense is Adams is the nickel. Um, uh, Witherspoon is the left corner and then the safeties are Conjay Diggs and um, Julian Love. So neither of those guys play. And and it's because you can do much more uh, more comfortably at a higher level of execution with both Witherspoon and Adams uh, and the strengths of their skill sets. Ultimately, they are better players yeah albeit with the caveat that with a spoons of rookie yeah um okay ty so penalties yeah. did, did did they melt down completely well, yes, because there were six penalties for fifty yards, but the 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 end sequence was nuts, wasn't it because they they was... they jumped off twice uh yep. while the rams were trying to run the ball, and I know they're geared up to try and uh you know, get a jump and, and get a good yeah, start. Yeah. But that was weird. But before that was what was even weirder was uh DK Metcalf, you know, he he did that block um on a runaway, he lit up a Keller Witherspoon, former Seahawk. Witherspoon yeah. has to be aware that he needs his uh, head on a swivel and, and be aware that's gonna yeah. happen. But in the eyes of the NFL rule book, that is a clear, egregious blindside block. Yeah, now, he's
0: probably going to get fined. That. yeah
1: yeah he'll get a hefty yeah, fine because yeah, also yeah. ty he committed a taunting penalty uh, for 15 yards because after that play he was mouthing off to the sideline which ty are we gonna stroke our beards and be like oh this is very terrible uh or yeah, you know, yeah, how do yeah. you view that because it wasn't the best look
0: but uh i mean yeah yeah sean mcveigh was kind of egging him on it seemed it seemed like it was him and mcveigh were were really uh getting well, uh, there.
1: yeah and from mcveigh's perspective he's trying to protect his player right
0: yeah yeah absolutely um yeah that's just a situation where like i mean the game's probably over at that point so who really cares at the end of the day but um that's just a situation where dk's just gotta let that go right like it's fine like if he's kind of playing the heel or whatever but you gotta know when to kind of cut it out before you end up hurting your team and, and putting your offense back another 15 yards um yeah it was just a bad look it was a bad look at the end of the game just for, you know, not just from DK, but from really, you know, everyone, they also had the unnecessary roughness um, before the, the two offsides uh, penalties, like just um, on Quande digs. I think it was on quadra. I had the volume off at that point. So I, I but yeah. it, it was just, it was just really like just weak play. Like just not like just take your L let's go home. Let's get off the field. Let's get out of here. You know, let's reassess. Like just, yeah, it just wasn't a, wasn't a good luck from the boys tonight
1: yeah and pete said how Pete carroll said afterwards how they're you know they'll talk about it and you know they're just frustrated because their expectations were a lot higher than than it was um but yeah it it was just people frustrated is what it is I'll, um I'll,
2: I'll be curious to see how they bounce back from a mindset perspective is, is it the, the the sobering kick in the pants that they need to lock in because i don't think they were lacking
0: confidence beforehand i don't no. think confidence is the issue no. um i mean like the offense like the offense of the first half like you know, they didn't execute to the to the fullest of their capabilities and they missed some opportunities, but I thought they started off pretty, pretty strong and looking confident and good. And you know, it's just yeah. I mean the the run game was was functional. Walker ran well. Though yeah, the
2: block game was good enough and Walker took advantage of it. I thought there were a couple of things where he could have um tried to settle himself a little bit he could have broke some tackles but i mean he created really well he was decisive with his creation when last year he was a little all over the place good and bad but Mm -hmm. i think it was all good this game Um, and he was decisive when he got the yards where you can only get what you can get you know and he accepted that anyway
1: yeah. Well, uh, and and uh Fats McClure in the chats bringing up the lock, the hit on Lockit. Obviously we mentioned he w- and went to the blue tent but I did think that was pretty cheap. Um I thought it yeah. was a pretty nasty kind of hit. Um now obviously yeah. when you're running into someone at speed and trying to take on a block uh if you even if you hit them with your shoulder pad your heads can get involved but that was quite hmm. head first in nature. Yeah. I I don't know if it was yeah, I'd need to watch Was that Darion
0: Kendrick who who had it that was. head on? Yeah. He he was having some back and forth with DK. He had a on that slant to DK that got broken up. I think it was on the third yeah. quarter. He like he could have gotten called for taunting.
1: Yeah, he stood over him, yeah.
0: Yeah, he stood over him and like kind of yelled at him, so like I do kind of wonder if that was uh, you know, a little bit intentional cuz uh, you know, he got cooked on the the touchdown to DK. And then they showed him on the sideline, and he was, like, wiping his eye. I don't know if he was, like, crying (laughs) or something, but he was, like, wiping it. He looked pretty upset after the touchdown. So, like, he was clearly, you know, feeling some type of way after that touchdown to DK. And uh, I think he uh, was kind of taking his frustration out a little bit there over the course of the game.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was uh, was Russ Yeast.
0: It was Russ Yeast, by the way, according to Taylor.
1: There you go. So... The good news is the game is over, and we will be back on... Well, keep your eyes peeled. If you haven't already, check out Griff's video on the channel about how Miles Adams is a breakout candidate. Great mm. video. Doing numbers.
2: We'll have more coming as well.
0: I've watched it 18 times in full.
1: On Tuesday, we're going to look ahead to the Detroit Lions with uh, esteemed guest Sports Info Solutions, uh Big dog Bryce Rossler, who's going to, he's also a big time Lions fan, massive Lions homer. So make sure you listen to that, get some insight on the Detroit Lions and Seahawks data. Then on Wednesday, we're going to drop a video. Uh, And Griff, you're dropping your video on Tuesday, right?
2: Yep, I'll have one out on Tuesday.
1: Another video. And then on Thursday, the film episode. So the overload keeps overloading. No time to stop overloading.
0: That's right. It's not overload.
1: Oh yeah, that's so. On the on the two shots they dialed up to to for Gino. Mm-hmm. So first of all, the revert like triple reverse pass. <laughs> well, that was second. But...
0: Dude, Twitter was Bobo would have been... open.
1: I feel like the backside DB was gonna play play that.
0: I think if that's a good ball, like if he throws a good ball there, he's got Bobo. I think he had a step on the safety. Yeah, but there's yeah. a
1: backside DB. Like I think the backside DB swizzles around and breaks on
0: it. It might have been dicey, but I, th- I, I think it work I out think a good ball from the one replay
1: it. they showed where it's meant to go. Like, where was Gino looking?
0: Uh, I don't know where Gino was looking because yeah, I feel like I that was out. I feel like that was the only option downfield, right? Like, was that post? Was Bubba's post? Like that was it? Um dude twitter would have been insufferable if they threw a touchdown to jake bobo out of a play that started in wildcat with dj Dallas taking the snap (laughs) i feel like that was a play that was cooked up specifically for seahawks twitter
1: (laughs) like yeah that'd have been amazing but they didn't yeah 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 um and then the other shot uh can't remember how they i think it was just like play action wasn't it mac protect play action but uh I don't know, D, uh, Gino DK like had a quarter safety where he was expanding like a fade on it, like a slot fade. I feel Gino could have tried it, but he was being cautious early in the game. But yeah, it I felt mean, very
0: it felt very rushed. It didn't,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: right. But like ultimately,
1: they were up you, you, at you, halftime <laughs> and bottled it on both sides of the ball.
0: Oh yeah, real quick, yeah, the you the know, sequencing at the end of the second half or at the end of the first half after they got the block. We we talked about this off air, but not on here. Um yeah, just like the two runs with Dallas like it felt like they were more concerned with like taking the time off the clock rather than actually threatening to to put points on the board there. Like like it just I don't know. Like that's yeah. kind of where the game kind of fell apart, really. Because then you get the missed field goal and then you know, Rams get the ball at the start of the second half and well, we know how all that went. But uh it just felt mm-hmm. like they needed to put the Put their foot on the gas a little bit more than. You, know,
2: you know you're a sicko and you can't wait to get a hold of the uh the wide angle on the That's Jordan right. bricks robot <laughs> oh yeah 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 i just want to see that play from uh, yeah from because okay. the, the broadcast betrays you
1: they should try right. him 100 of the snaps when he can do that that would be good all right bye everyone like the video subscribe download the show uh the Seahawks, we believe, will be better than this. Like, it would be a bit of a shocker.
0: This too shall pass. We will be back.
1: Keep the faith. All that. It is not Gene over.
0: It is not Gene over. The MV Gino dream is not dead.